BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. So I talked to my mom yesterday on the phone and she was telling me a story about how her neighbor called and alerted her to the fact that and he had alerted the police too. you know, small town context. Um, He put money out on the cans for the trash guys both the recycling guys and the normal guys and someone stole the money like that sucks who who would steal money intended for the trash guys that's really like an envelope of cash yeah yeah what's what i do okay but is that not what you do i would hand it to them if how are you gonna see them i don't know you're at work you're not gonna see them yeah, I, I wasn't the one who always handled that, but there's no way I would leave it at okay, a curb well, on I, my street. I, not a chance. I am the one who handles it. Right. And I would just like to think that there's not somebody out there right. who are, you know, what do they call them? Porch, Porch pirates. Porch pirates, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's okay, bad. okay, you're going you're gonna to steal my Amazon box. I, I don't you approve don't even of know it. What's in there? I, I guess, right. right. I guess I understand, but from the trash guys? Yeah, that's not good. No, I just totally disapprove, but I also, yeah. like, I wouldn't have done it. I would, I would. That would have occurred to me, is my point. It occurs to me, too. Right. And then I would say, no, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. I just thought it was horrible. Yeah. So she, she wasn't sure what, what to, to do. do. Like, right. Now she's all worked up about right. it. Right. I understand. She's going to sit there and wait for the I guys. I get it. Um, what, what would you give? For the trash guys? Yeah. Um, I don't, how many guys are there? I don't even know. Like 20 bucks? 20 bucks? You think know. that's enough? Maybe not. 50? I, don't think, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a big I number. I don't know the answer. Uh CNN had a piece that caught my eye. We posted it at Smirconish.com. It says this, a new checkout trend is sweeping across America, making for an increasingly awkward experience. Digital tip jars. You order a coffee, an ice cream, a salad, a slice of pizza. I've seen this like in every one of those contexts. You pay with your credit card or phone, then an employee standing behind the counter spins around a touch screen, slides it in front of you. The screen has a few suggested tip amounts, usually 10%, 15%, 20%. There's also an option to leave a custom tip or no tip at all. The worker is directly across from you. Other customers are standing behind, waiting impatiently and looking over your shoulder to see how much you tip. And you got to make a decision within seconds. Oh, Lord, the stress. Customers and workers today are confronted with radically different tipping culture compared to just a few years ago without any clear norms. Although consumers are accustomed to tipping waiters, 
bartenders and other service workers, tipping a barista or cashier may be a new phenomenon for many shoppers. It's being driven in large part by changes in technology that have enabled business owners to more easily shift the costs of compensating workers directly to consumers. And then there's a quote from Michael Lynn, a professor of consumer behavior and marketing at Cornell University, one of the leading researchers on U.S. tipping habits, and he says, I don't know how much you're supposed to tip, and I study this. This is Professor Michael Lynn. Hey, Professor, thank you so much for being here. So this is your area of expertise, huh? Yeah, it's an unusual topic, but that's what I've chosen to study. Hey, I love it. Um, and it's been in such a state of flux, as CNN pointed out. What What are some of the issues that, that you would like to alert us to on this score? Wow. Um, first, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what to say to that. Um what concerns do you have? What should people do? That's- well, yeah. I mean, I I look at the electronic version, and uh-huh. I get I get the point of, you know, I'm torn because I look at the person who's doing the job, and I say, mm, that's a tough job. Or, frankly, sometimes a little guilt will kick in, and I'll say, you know, I've got a much better gig than they do. I'm sitting and talking to Professor Michael Lynn and getting paid for it on the radio nationwide. And then I say, but wait a minute, the employer has just shifted that to me, and maybe they're taking advantage of me in now asking me to pay that salary instead of the business paying it themselves. I think one reaction I have is that I, I think you're wrong to say that the employer is benefiting a whole lot in terms of shifting the cost uh, to customers. Because any savings in labor is going to get passed on to the consumer in the form of lower prices. And certainly that's true in restaurants. Any restaurant that eliminates tipping is going to have to either impose a service charge or increase its menu prices. Um, it's what I think is going on in these places. It's with, you know, counter service where they're asking for a digital tip almost certainly those employees are getting paid the standard minimum wage. They're not, the employer's not taking what's called a tip credit. Um, and why is an employer doing it? Because the extra income and the, oper- the ability to offer that extra income to the employees helps them attract and retain staff. Are we sure um, that the employees are seeing the result of the electronic tip jar? That's a great question. Uh, if it's uh, called a tip, it has to go to employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I remember having this similar conversation, a similar conversation a couple of years ago before it was so sophisticated electronically with checkout when almost overnight it seemed like tip jars were appearing where they they hadn't been previously. And I can remember sitting here and talking about the whole propriety of it on radio with people and many callers thought, oh, it's it's become too intrusive. Well, now it's a different conversation, but pretty much the same issue. Yeah. So where's the where's the line, I guess, is where I'm going to go with the audience uh, in a couple of minutes time. Like for 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 what type of position should it be acceptable and when has it gone too far? I can't answer that question. I can just give you my personal opinions. Uh, Mm -hmm. I tend to not tipped in those circumstances 
for example, I go to a coffee shop, the only way I will tip is if I ask for some frou-frou drink that they actually have to spend some time making. Right. Um, but I typically get a coffee and a pastry, and if they're just delivering me a plain cup of coffee and a donut, I I don't tip. And um, what's the what's the mindset? Hey, this is this is what they're being paid to do, and there's nothing extraordinary about it. Yeah, I mean, I can't tip everybody uh, who makes an hourly wage, right? Right. And so I I feel obligated personally. I feel obligated to tip those service employees who are getting a sub minimum wage. Uh, but that's almost exclusively waiters and waitresses and maybe bartenders. Okay. Most other service employees, even if they're receiving tips are also getting the standard minimum wage. In those cases, I don't feel obligated to tip. Uh, if somebody did an exceptional service or I asked for above and beyond the normal kind of, of, care, then I would tip. But otherwise, not. Okay, um, so let me let me back up. If, if we could establish right. the parameters, if we knew if we knew what the formula was, or if we understood in what circumstances we're going to be offering a tip, because uh, it used to be extraordinary service, right? I mean, a, a tip was for something that had gone above and beyond, but now it's gotten so complicated. And in my case, like the trash guys, like I, I would never not think of giving the trash guys a tip. But then again, why am I doing that? I'm doing it because I think their job sucks. But then again, is that right. really their basis? Are you? But is that a tip or is that a Christmas gift? I mean, it's a cash gift and it's voluntary, but it's well, a seasonal thing. Not the truth. So truth to be, me, to, truth be told. Gift. Truth be told. It's an insurance yeah. payment. Huh. Okay. I mean that 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 may not say so many good things about me, but that's a large part of my motivation. If I'm being honest, like that's a really important thing. Uh, I'm a little trash obsessed, and I want to make sure they're going to be there every weekend. So that's how I regard it. And I have a neighbor who leaves them beer. Why do you not get? Since it's a, it is a seasonal kind of thing, it's a gift rather than you know a recurring uh, payment. Why not make it a, a gift instead of cash? Because this is a really interesting conversation. Because I think in 2022 going on 23, maybe somebody's going to say, what makes you think we drink beer? Oh, because we're trash guys. We drink beer. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I, it, it's it's absolutely true that, that cash is more usable than any, you know, t- greater number of people than than any gift would be. So the the and postman is allowed to get twenty bucks, right? I think that's the standard. You Do know, you hook- I haven't I haven't studied seasonal tipping, uh, so I don't know. Do you take care of the uh, the mailman? No, I no, I don't. I why not? I get, because it never occurred to me uh, that the mailman is a government employee; they don't receive tips. On a on a regular basis, I would regard any tip given, you know, around Christmas time more as a gift than a tip. Mm-hmm. Why don't I gift something to the postman? I guess because I don't know them. I don't. It, yeah, it's I never see them. 
um, the people that I, the only person actually that I give outside of family that I give a Christmas gift to is my administrative assistant. But that's someone who's worked for me for the year. Again, is, is, you know, I, in my opinion, probably underpaid. Um, and, and so I give them a gift, but, but that's someone I know. There's a personal connection. Okay, right? so what's the, what is the framework then? The framework is someone who's provided me exemplary service and is underpaid in what they do. Like that's your personal frame of reference? My, yes. My mm-hmm. personal frame of reference is if, you're, if they're paid a substandard wage, I mean, mm-hmm. below the minimum wage, so that they depend on tips as a portion just to get them up to the minimum wage. Right. Then I feel obligated to tip. Uh, apart from that, I feel obligated to tip only for people who provide some kind of exceptional service and right. who I know that I have some connection with. That's Professor- my, but that's a personal standard, not. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Professor, I don't know your hairline, but I'm going to assume that you go to a barber. Do you? Uh, actually, no. I I don't have enough hair. Okay, you're in you're <laughs> in my you're in my category. All right, but so, so I, I can't. But when I, I did go to a barber, I would tip. Yeah. Okay, but at okay, but when you go in for that that final pre Christmas cut, are you doing something a little extra? No, I didn't. Hmm. I didn't. Um, again, it, I think of gifts. I, we used to give gifts to my kids' teachers. They're all adults now, so I don't have that. Um, you know, How about this? I might, I might get a Primo hoagie today. Okay. Primo, pr- pretty good. Now, if I go in there, this is exactly what you and I began discussing. They, they are going to have an electronic uh, message that's going to ask me in the presence of the person who has just – it's a takeout. I'm going to order a hoagie in advance, and I'm going to walk in. Hey, I'm here for the, the Italian with half the normal meat. They're going to hand it to me, and I'm going to you know leave after I pay. I'm going to get that electronic message. What would you do? Would you tip? I would say no tip. You would say I no tip? Been. Hmm. Yeah, you're consistent. You're consistent. It's just it's interesting to me. I'm not being critical, but it's interesting to me that you're a leading researcher on tipping practices and you're not that big of a tipper. Uh, Outside of restaurants, that's probably true. I I tip hotel maids. Right. And and restaurant servers, bartenders uh, and People provide me with a ride, whether it's Uber or a taxi or something. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much the extent of my tipping. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. One thing to keep in mind, there's you, you, we want to know what who should we tip, but based on who says. I keep telling you that's my personal standard because there is no actual authority on high who gives out tipping rules. Right. Ultimately – who you should tip depends upon who gets tipped and the number of occupations where over half of the customers tip is relatively small pizza delivery restaurant servers bartenders um many other people whether it's a barista a hotel maid a restaurant carryout there it's typically about 30 percent of customers will leave a tip just because one third of people do it should i Guy goes and gets your car. You've you've parked. Yeah. You're at a social event or you know a valet. Are you greasing them? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. A couple so of there's bucks. another one. When, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and why do I do that? Yeah, why? Well, that's, I guess, because it's been a longstanding social norm. Right. Because right? he's because he's not necessarily given you exemplary service. Right. It's not exceptional service. And my guess is he's probably making the minimum wage. Uh, so you're right. That would seem to be a case that is outside my usual boundaries for tipping. But no, uh, that's happened to me many times that I've used valet parking. And, I, and yeah, I do tip. I, th- I think it has crept into a whole host of areas. I'm. I'm different than you. I'm tipping in more circumstances. Maybe I shouldn't be. I'm feeling a sense of social obligation in more circumstances than you do. Apparently. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with tipping if you really want to. I just don't know that you should. No, but I'm but I'm not but I'm not doing it because I'm getting exemplary service or exceptional service. And I'm not doing it because it's exceptional service and a substandard wage that they're being paid. I'm I'm just I've just sort of succumbed to the idea that, okay, you know, this this person is expecting a tip. Oh, it's just because they're expecting it and not because you want to make their day. I mean, yes. Right. If I'm being honest. Yes. Huh. I, I guess I'm willing to disappoint people in a way you're not. OK, but you also don't have a radio show. Right. And so you don't have that like hanging over your head. But I get interviewed about tipping a lot and Mm -hmm. people ask me, what kind of a tipper are you? Well, in terms of I say in terms of restaurant service, I'm a good tipper. Typically, it's 18 percent. And I've actually kept records to know how much I, you know, my average tip in restaurants is. Hmm. But outside of that, do I tip for carryout? Do I tip for coffee? No, no. Uh, those are relatively new. There's not a long-standing social norm. I know that. But when I when I go to when I go to Primo today, and I I look, I can picture the woman who usually waits on me. Uh-huh. I'm look. I am looking at her, and I'm saying, and I'm saying, you know, she, she's older, and she's working at Primo, and this this is not a good. This is not a great job. It's got to be a pain in the ass for her to come. To, I'm going to hit her with a couple of bucks. That's what's running through my head. It's not. She's not giving me exceptional service. All she's doing is handing me my sandwich. Yeah. And but then the question is, when? Where do you stop? Do you tip the cashier at McDonald's or at the convenience store? You go through a car wash and you stay in your car. But do you tip the car wash guy? I do. Yes, I do. Some people do. Yeah, some people do. Yeah, I definitely Most. do. No, the, if they're dry in the car, I definitely am. Yes. Oh, if they're okay, perhaps if they're drying the car, you're asking for a little bit extra. My, uh, but my my expectation is that is their salary. I mean, the guy who is toweling the car when I come through, that's how he's getting paid. At least that's what I think. He can his employer can pay less than the standard minimum wage for that location for that state. Right. Only, only if he makes enough in tip to bring him up to that. And has, that has to be a regular occurrence. He has to regularly make enough money that the tips bring his salary up to the minimum wage. And the number of occupations for which that is true and for which the employer then takes a tip credit is not as broad as you think. It's mostly waiters and waitresses and bartenders. Even most baristas are making the regular minimum wage. I would assume that a car wash person is not getting enough tips for the employer to take a tip credit. 
Um, Here's what I'm taking away from Professor Michael Lynn at Cornell. This is complicated. Okay. This is complicated. Oh. It's in flux. Oh, There's not a right answer. That's right. There isn't. In terms of the social norms, what are the social norms? There isn't a correct answer. It, it's clear restaurants, bartenders, pizza you know, delivery, that kind of thing. There, there are a handful. But by the way, I've done the surveys and asking people, how much are you supposed to tip waiters and waitresses in this country? And uh, only about 70% of the country will say, give me an answer that incorporates 15 to 20%. Really? You know, what do they say? 15%. What do the others say? They're saying two or three bucks. Some people think it's 10%. Jeez. They give a variety of different answers, but that's the most commonly, you know, the most frequently talked about norm. Okay. We go out to eat all the time. Still, almost a third of the country doesn't know what the normative rules are. I have one more for you, because this happened to me at the end of last week. FedEx truck comes down my drive. Guy gets out. He's got multiple boxes. Now, I'm not normally there to, to greet him. Um, but I know we've received a lot of FedExes in the last two or three weeks because of online holiday shipping. Are you going to mm-hmm. hit the FedEx guy with anything? Probably not because I'm rarely here when they deliver. Uh, right, but, or but you know I, he's, he's, he's with you know, other things. But I understand that. I mean, what's the What's the difference if he's got an Amazon box or a pizza box? Long-standing social norms. Yes. When I was a kid, yeah. we you've ever since I was a kid, you tipped the pizza delivery guy. Right. No, right. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, wow. How about talk show hosts and college professors? Um. Yeah. It, the, <laughs> first off, it's hard to tip you because you're not physically present. Uh, right. My students could tip me, but then it seems like bribery, right? Yeah. And that's not appropriate. Right. Although if it's uh, as you said, if it's if it's one of your your kids, you know, elementary teachers, then to send a little gift in, I think, is totally appropriate. Yes, but I t- but I never gave cash. It was some kind of a gift. No, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't send cash to a to a, a teacher either. God, well, I love. Hey, I love this subject. And thank you for being such a good sport. I really appreciate your time. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Michael Lynn, ladies and gentlemen, is a professor of consumer behavior and marketing at Cornell University. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Yeah, let's have the annual tipping conversation. Debbie, you're in Los Angeles. Do you live in a high rise? No, but my mom does. I just came back from New York and she's lived in the same building for 45 years. She's 87 years old. Nice. She, I got, when, when I got there, she had a, um, a list of people with their photos on the kitchen table and the dollar amount next to them. Mom, what's this? Oh, this is a doorman and the porter's back to tip them. Now, when I lived in high-rise in the city, it was sort of like an understood. We never handed you a list of names and photos of them, but it was kind of an understood thing that you tip the doorman at Christmas time. So I just, you know, with the dollar amounts next to everybody's name, she has nothing left for anybody else, for her family. So it's kind of crazy because you can't not tip the doormen and the porters. Totally. And, 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 yeah, and there's like 25 of them, and the minimum is 50. Minimum is 50. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it adds up. It's huge. I, I lived that experience. In, in a 10-year period, I lived in the city, and uh, uh-huh. I know ex- every – and in each instance, except one, one was a townhouse, I was, I was in the same position as your mom. And had yeah. to keep track of it. And, of course, everybody was looking for you at this time of year or you got the feeling right. they were. So you needed to make sure yeah. you didn't leave anybody out. And it's amazing right. how it adds up. There was a there was a great curb episode where Larry David goes <laughs> to New York and he's and I remember this well because I stayed there myself several times. He stays at the Regency and the whole <laughs> bit was about how many people he had to tip from the moment he gets out of the cab until he gets settled in his room because there's the guy that come out to greet him and take the luggage. Then another guy takes it up. Then there's a front door. Then he needed the thermostat adjust. And it's just like ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Hey, a high rise is a, is expensive proposition. So it's pretty crazy. And, and you know, and, and if you don't do it, then you're, you know, your, your name is mud the rest of the year. Or you think that, the, you or you think that's the case. I, I had an episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Debbie. And I, I, I'm thrilled thank that your you. mom is 87 and, and keeping track of all these things. I, I had two uh, driving things just last week okay. with me. Just just last week. Go ahead. In both instance, I was being driven, yeah. and I was not. I was not the one who paid, but I think they think I'm the one who paid. It's like a CNN thing, right? So one guy, one guy, I didn't give a big tip to, but I tipped him. Okay. And then another guy, I gave a, like two nights later, a really big tip to. What was to. the difference? 
The difference was that one guy drove me from Philly to New York. Do you remember all that rain last Thursday? Oh my gosh, it was a deluge. Right, and I I said as I was as I was leaving Philadelphia, headed to New York, I said if I make it back alive, be there I'm safely. a big fucking tip to this guy <laughs> for getting me because I was so concerned. Oh yeah, I was so concerned. Okay, so and this he was did. extenuating circumstances, and yes. therefore you felt it deserved. Well, and I think the professor the would say it was extraordinary service. I think it was. Yeah. Now the other guy, mm. the other guy, I gave I gave a quarter. Of that amount. Got it. Okay. Do the math in your head. You right. know how much I gave I do, no. the one guy and how yes. much I gave the other guy. Right. And I think he was he was bummed. Yeah. And then I felt like, oh geez, maybe I you know. Yeah. But if if I'm Stiffed not even the Christmas con- time. I'm not even the con uh, that's an excuse. I guess I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say if I'm not even the one who contracted the car. Right. But then who's tipping him? But then again, yeah, I'm the one who's being driven. Correct. So I, I oh, do geez. I do understand oh, that. I get it. Uh Michael, you're in Tennessee. What is your tipping policy? Oh, Michael, I tip everybody, and I was really frustrated with your guest because he was starting out, I think, from a bad position of the the, the idea that minimum wage is enough to make a living. I mean, it's 10 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. I've already tipped three times. Hotel who did you, t- you tip? The hotel maid, valet, yep. at, the, uh, at the hotel parking lot, yep. and at Einstein's Bagel, the person who poured my coffee. Hmm. What did you leave for the maid? Five bucks every day. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I will leave a five or, or, or a 10 uh, on the bureau Michael, or on also, the bed. Michael, I'm also very fortunate. I make uh, over 900K a year and I live in Tennessee. So that's like $2 million in Philadelphia. And yeah. I feel fortunate and yeah. I know people are struggling and you can't live on minimum wage. You just can't anywhere. No, I, I, feel, this, I feel the same way and I regard myself as a good tipper. I'm going to tell you something very odd. The guy who put a tipping mantra in my head, Roger Stone. Yeah, Roger, that Roger Stone. Because one of Stone's rules is, if you're doing well, share it. Absolutely. And, Michael, it's amazing how that comes back to you, though. I mean, I do believe uh, that. I travel, I travel a lot for work. And, you know, sometimes I'm in a town for two, three, four, five weeks. I find the closest bar to my hotel. I go in there. I drink a bartender. I drink for free the rest of my visit. that that experience i have not had but i get it no i i I get it good for you yeah thank you michael i i think michael has the right idea i do i i and and if i were in michael if i had just checked out of a hotel i'd have done the same thing with the maid with the valet yeah i'm gonna give the guy the valet probably five for retrieving the car uh at einstein bagel would i have yeah i probably would have i probably would have this is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Laura is in, where is Laura? Boston. Hi, Laura. Hi, Michael. Merry Christmas. This topic gets me so wildly heated. I've been in the restaurant business for almost 40 years now. And while I agree that it's very complicated, it's also not that difficult to figure out. If an employer is taking the the employer tip credit, it is assumed that most people are going to tip on that service. And he's right. Waiters, waitresses, bartenders. Other employees who are looking for tips now, um, he's right. A couple of bucks here and there is great, um, but not required. And he had me up until he equated being an excellent tipper with 18%. And while 18% is perfectly acceptable, being an excellent tipper does not mean 18%. What, where's the line for an excellent tipper? 20, 25? Sure, of course. And that is not expected. Listen, I've worked on tips my whole life. I now employ people who work on tips. You take it as a weekly, as a monthly, as a yearly thing. And nobody who works on tips is complaining about it. But every time this conversation comes up, it starts the conversation of, well, employers should pay people a livable wage. Not one person who works on gratuities is asking for that, I can assure you. Look, I... I agree with what you've said. I just want to also note that I think that the expectation is a bit out of control and that there are a lot of circumstances that I'm thinking of right now where I'm not necessarily getting extraordinary service, but I'm feeling obligated to tip. I'll give you I'll give you an inch. I'll give you one hundred percent agree with you. Okay, so let me give you one that's that's uh, on my mind. Uber. Okay, I tip on Uber. Now, why do I tip on Uber? Is it because, I mean, sometimes because I've had great service, but usually, frankly, it's because I have a terrible Uber rating and I can't afford to have it go any lower because then I fear I'm going to be traveling and nobody's going to come pick me up because my score is going to pop up on their screen. Oh, screw that guy. He's a 4.7. Yeah. It's almost it's almost a hostage situation. Yes. I'm being held hostage. Yes, that's what gets me so heated because, you know, I, as I said, I've worked in this business my whole life. I've never worked with harder working people ever, ever in any other industry. And people who are good at this job do very well at this job. People who are not need to move on. But right. also the hostage situation you're experiencing in coffee shops, in your Uber, with your trash people, with your, you know, hotel service, it diminishes the people who really do work on gratuities that and that system has been accepted in this country for eons and eons, but it's starting mm-hmm. to get diminished because of all these tip cups and hands out. And I'm not at all diminishing what other people do, but my staff makes far less money an hour, far less. 
Got it. And I think consumers could be a little more knowledgeable, you know, um, reading the fine print in event contracts and, and ask, ask the, ask the manager. You know, what's, what's usually done around here for tipping? People get so squeamish about asking about it. But people who work on gratuities are so appreciative when they can kind of lay out the situation because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. That's why I love airing this. Uh, Laura, good luck with your restaurant. Appreciate it very much. Florida, Ed is standing by. Hi, Ed. Hey, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. Merry Christmas sure. to you all. You too. Thank you. Um, I, your expert, he wasn't a tipping expert. He was a non-tipping expert. <laughs> I agree with one of your previous callers. Um, I tip everyone. Now, I'm retired, so I know the names of the trash men. I know the postal carrier. I know the guy who uh, services our pool and um, treats our lawn. I mean, we know them all, so we, we do tip. Our postal carrier, I, we gave them a Amazon gift card, $25, just a thought. But he put a thank you card in the mail. I, I'm sure he was a very appreciative. So I'm like you. I tip everyone. I, I, I mean, I do get extraordinary service from our postal carrier because he's had to keep track of a number of different things and he's gone the extra mile. So I make sure that I, I take care of him. Um, the trash guys, I don't have any interaction with, Oh, by the way, thank you, Ed, by the way, I have an update for everybody. Let me just go to my, my app. If I may, do you wait, the last we heard it had gone from, well, this is your trash. Yeah. You're recycling. Yeah. Had gone from the end of your driveway to the township dump. Yeah. From there to mm. a uh, recycling facility outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. Right. Where are we now? Um, exactly there. What last, does that mean? Last seen December 12 at 2.51 p.m. So does that mean last seen or December what, 12? Yeah. Oh, so it doesn't mean it's there. It means that was when it was last seen. Remember, I need, someone, the 19th. I need someone with a week later. I need someone with a smartphone to be within 30 feet of my Apple AirTag. So I'm Does, hoping this is not battery the, run out. I hope I'm hope it would not that soon. I hope I, I mean, the know. whole premise is you put it in your luggage or right, but that's like a one right? trip. Um, I just wanted to give you that breaking news. That's breaking I mean, that, news. the story may end right there. I right don't know. There, but God, I would love facility. to have further reports. Please let someone go wander around Something there. to look forward to in 2020. Right. If I could get a listener yeah, come in on. Birdsboro, Pennsylvania. Is that where it is? Birdsboro? To walk that's around amazing. the dump. Yeah. And trigger my Apple AirTag or not. We'd that be would very be very appreciative. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.